Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. It's so good to be with you. Um, I am thrilled to be with you. I couldn't be live with you yesterday. We've had a little de- technical difficulty this morning, but it looks like it's going to work. Blessed be God forever. He doesn't want this to work, but the enemy doesn't want this to work. But God is so good to us. He's so good to us. I love when I can be with you. I pray that you're well. All is well. Um, I, you know, I think just for those of you who may not have been listening the last few times we were on uh, live, um, I've mentioned that there's so much news, uh, craziness happening by the day that I've decided that uh, you can find that out yourself. And um, rather than talk through the news, um, we need to know our faith. We need to know our faith. I speak about parents teaching their children homeschooling or at least when the children come home from school going through what they've learned and feeding it through the grid of the faith, the true faith, in case anything's been negated or distorted or truncated. Um, And then with all that's happening in the world, we don't know how much longer we'll have such freedom to be on the air. And so, uh, or even to be in church. We had an example of churches being shut down overnight by a manufactured um, disease. Uh, It's insane. And so we need to know our faith, dear ones. And if you are shut away in your house, or no matter where it is, uh, you can you can uh, meditate on the truth of our faith, on all that our Lord gave us in becoming man, in dying for us, in rising from the dead. And you can teach that to your children. We have experienced such freedom in this country uh, for so long. We still have tremendous freedom, with even with all the atrocities that are here. Um, we don't know what it is to grow up uh, without freedom in communism. We'll know that soon, I think, the way things are going. But um, we need to use every minute to, to love God, to know our faith, and to prepare for not having what we have now. So on that score, we have chosen uh, the Catechism Explained by Reverend Spirago um, uh, Let me see now. Reverend Francis Barago, um, with a forward by Father Chad Ripiker. And the copy I have is a soft cover, uh, a little less expensive, um, by Mediatrix Press. You can get it online, uh, bookstores, online, uh, anywhere at all. And I, I utterly recommend it that you would choose an absolute minimum of one night a week to sit down with the family. Papa, that's your job to be priest of your family, and to teach the faith. And if Papa's not there or he can't do it, then the, the mama can do that. The mother can do that. And if the mother's not there, the oldest child can teach his siblings. We need to do this. Beloved, it's not a luxury anymore. We need to know our faith. 
And so this Catechism Explained is the Catechism of Trent. And I've mentioned before, it is not that our current catechism isn't good. If that's all you read and you read it through, that is very, very good. But the Catechism of Trent is a fuller explanation of the faith and includes things that have been omitted or changed or um, just shortened, whatever it may be, uh, in the new catechism. And so um, I prefer the Catechism of Trent, the total, full, deep riches of the faith. In just a minute, I think I've put it online so that I could read it. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. We started with uh, the introduction. We read... Um, oh, no, I don't want that. Hold on a minute. I actually uh, bought it on Kindle, which is a fraction of the price. I don't have a Kindle. I don't have a, a what do you call, iPad or big phone to put it on. But I, but I have a laptop, and you can download it to your laptop, and it's really very wonderful. So I am bringing it up now, and we sh- here we are. Um, and point one um, is the knowledge of God because unless we know him, we will never love him. And we are on earth to love, to serve, um, and to be happy with God. Um, uh, no, let's see, to know, to love, to, to know, to serve, to love God in this world and be happy with him in the next. I probably have those words mixed up. So we went through that, God's uh, purpose for us on earth, why we're here, why we exist, what is our end. And then the first section is faith, which begins with the knowledge of God. And I mentioned there's no way we can know God. There's no way we can love God. Many people say, I love God. I love him with all my heart. But ask them two questions and they don't know the answer. So it's it's emotional and it's faith and it's true and it's real. But there's no depth to it. It's shallow faith. And when trials come, shallow faith will not help us. We have to know God. You cannot be happy with a spouse who you only feel good about because the times will come when you don't feel good about him or her. Um, You need to know that person deeply. And when they get out of sorts, um, you need to know in your heart the wonderful man that you married or the wonderful woman that you married, and she's out of sorts. Something is bothering her. But at her core, she's the most wonderful woman in the world. You need the knowledge of God. You cannot love whom you do not know. And then the knowledge of God consists, first, uh, in the fact that the happiness of the angels and the saints consists in the knowledge of God. The happiness of the angels and the saints consists in the knowledge of God and the second point is that, which I'm just bringing us to where we are, where we left off, the knowledge of God is all important, for without it, there cannot be any happiness on earth or a well-ordered life. And I'm going to continue right there. The knowledge of God is the food of our souls. Without it, the soul feels hungry. We become discontented. He who does not possess interior peace cannot enjoy riches, health, or any of the goods of this life. They all become distasteful to him. Haven't you met people that say, I have it all. I really, I have a wonderful husband. We have a big house, good children. We lack nothing, but I'm miserable inside. I have no peace. 
I have no happiness. And that's because whoever feels like that does not know God. Oh, yes, I do. I've always believed in him. I, I, I believe you. You believed in him. But you need to know the one who you believe. Yet few think about this food of the soul. They busy themselves, as our Lord says, with the meat that perishes. Without the knowledge of God, a man is like one who walks in the dark and stumbles at end or aim in life. No consolation in misfortune and no hope in death. He cannot have any solid or lasting happiness or any true contentment. Without a knowledge of God, a well-ordered life is impossible. Just as an untilled field produces no good fruit, so a man who has not the knowledge of God can produce no good works. Ignorance and forgetfulness of God are the causes of most of the sins that men commit. Why did you commit that sin? Because you've, you're ignorant of God. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. It means lacking knowledge and forgetfulness. Rash and false oaths, neglect of the service of God and of the sacraments, the love of gold, the sinful indulgence of the passions are all due to willful, he says, willful ignorance and forgetfulness of God. Thus the prophet Hosea exclaims, There is no knowledge of God in the land. Cursing and lying and killing and theft and adultery have overflowed. And St. Ignatius, we're just picking up where we left two days ago, St. Ignatius of Loyola cries out, O God, thou joy of my soul, if only men knew thee, they never would offend thee. And experience shows that in the jails, the greater part of the prisoners are those who knew nothing of God. When Frederick of Prussia at length recognized that the want of the knowledge of God was the cause of the increase in crime, he exclaimed, then I will have religion introduced into the country. This is why the learning and the understanding of the catechism, which is nothing else than an abridgment of the Christian religion, abridgment, beloved, Apostle John said, you know, there wouldn't be room if all the books in the world were written about Christ. It is an abridgment of the Christian religion. It is all important. But a mere knowledge of the truths of religion is not sufficient. They must also be practiced. Point three. We arrive at a right knowledge of God through faith in the truths which God has revealed. Not our own experiences, not our own thoughts, but in the truths which God has revealed, which we would not know otherwise. There's the music, dear ones, for our break, and we shall be back, um, God willing, right after the break. We'll continue with the Catechism Explained, then we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails at the half-hour break, uh, just 15 minutes from now, and... Um, will um anything that's on your heart whatsoever i'll give you the toll-free number in advance it's 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com we'll be right back
The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. I am so thrilled to be with you, and we are continuing. In the Catechism Explained, the Council of Trent, with wonderful commentary, it's our full faith, beloved. And at the beginning, um, we've talked about, they've talked about, the fact that um, without the knowledge of God, we cannot love him. We cannot have an ordered life. We cannot have peace. We cannot have anything without the knowledge of God. And many people say, I know God. Well, you may know about God. You may know certain things. But um, to know him is to dig deeply into a study of him, his perfections, his attributes, <clears throat> and the faith that he delivered to the saints, to us, when he established his church 2,000 years ago. So the first point, let me just get to the first point, um, on the knowledge of God is that, excuse me, I'm backtracking here, the happiness of the angels and the saints consists in the knowledge of God. Secondly, the knowledge of God is all important, for without it there cannot be any happiness on earth or a well-ordered life. There are many people that don't have a well-ordered life, and they're miserable, and they would never connect it to the fact that they lack 
the deep knowledge of God and the relationship with him that he desires. Point three, we arrive at a right knowledge of God through faith in the truths which he has revealed. It is true that by means of reason and from the contemplation of the creatures that God has made man, that God has, God made man can arrive at a knowledge of God. The heavens, um, rather no, that God has made man to be able, there's uh, something wrong here, to arrive at a knowledge of God. The heavens, the Psalms say, um, show forth the glory of God. But our reason is so weak and prone to err that without revelation it is very difficult for man to attain to a clear and correct knowledge of God. What strange and perverted views of the deity we find among the heathen nations. More, um, God, excuse me, God therefore in his mercy comes to our aid with revelation. Through believing the truths that God has revealed, man attains to a clear and correct knowledge of God. Hence, St. Anselm says, the more I am nourished with the food of faith, the more my understanding is satisfied. Faith is a divine light that shines in our souls. It is like a watchtower from which we can see that which cannot be seen from the plain below. We learn respecting God, that which cannot be learned by mere reason from the world around. It is a glass through which we perceive all the divine perfections. It is a staff which supports our feeble reason and enables it to know God better. There are two books from which we gain knowledge of God, the book of nature and Holy Scripture, which is the book of Revelation. So now point two. The first one was our faith, the second divine revelation. If anyone stands, this is how the knowledge of God through divine revelation. I read one of the first verses I read in Scripture when I became a Christian is Psalm 119, that the heavens declare the glory of God. If anyone stands in a room behind a gauze curtain, he, perceive, he perceives all those who are passing in the street, and they see him not. But if he makes himself known by speaking, the passers-by are able to recognize him. Such is our relation to God. He sees us, but conceals himself from our eyes. Yet he has in many ways made himself known to men, to Abraham, Moses in the burning bush, to the Israelites on Mount Sinai, etc. God has in his mercy, in the course of ages, often revealed himself to men. God has often communicated to men a knowledge of his perfections, his degrees, decrees, and his holy will. Such revelation is called supernatural as opposed to the natural revelation of himself that he makes through the external word, world rather. Secondly, under divine revelation, God's revelation to man is generally made in the following way. He speaks to individuals and orders them to communicate to their fellow men the revelation made to them. Thus God spoke to Abraham 
to Noah and to Moses. And he sent Noah to preach to sinful men before the flood. He sent Moses to the Israelites when they were opposed by Pharaoh. Sometimes God spoke to a number of men who were assembled together. As when he gave the law to to the people on Mount Sinai, or when our Lord was baptized by St. John and the Holy Spirit ascended like a dove, a voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Sometimes God revealed himself through angels, as for instance to Tobias through the archangel. The archangel Raphael, when God spoke to men, he took, um, he took the visible form of a man or of an angel, or he spoke from a cloud as on Sinai, or from a burning bush as he did to Moses, or amid bright light from heaven as to St. Paul, or in the whispering of the wind as he did to Elias, or by some interior illumination. To those to whom God revealed himself and who had to bear witness before others to the divine message were called messengers from God and often received from him the power of working miracles and of prophecy in proof of their divine mission. And there's an example here of the miracles of Moses before Pharaoh of Elijah and the apostles. Third point. Those who were specially entrusted with the communication to men of the divine revelation were the following. The patriarchs, the prophets, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and his apostles. Revelation is to mankind in general what education is to individual men. Revelation corresponds to the needs of the successive stages of human development to the infancy, childhood, and youth of mankind. The patriarchs, who had more of the nature of children, needed less in the way of precepts, and God dealt with them in more familiar fashion. The people of Israel, in whom, as as in the season of youth, self-will and sensuality was strong, had to be trained by strict laws and constant correction, But when mankind had arrived at the period of manhood, then God sent his son and introduced the law of love. Of all those who declared to men the divine revelation, the son of God was preeminently the true witness. He says of himself, for this I was born and for this I came into the world that I should bear testimony to the truth. He was of all witnesses the best, because he alone had seen God. The apostles also had to declare to men the divine revelation. They had to bear witness of what they had seen, and above all, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With the revelation given through Christ and his apostles, the revelation that was given for the instruction of all mankind was concluded. I'm going to repeat that. With the revelation given through Christ and his apostles, the revelation that was given for the instruction of all mankind was concluded. 
with the first apostles, there's no further revelation, beloved. There's private revelation, which God himself has to affirm through individuals. But that is rare. But they don't add to the faith. The faith was once for all delivered to the saints. There is nothing new, beloved. There is the development of understanding of the faith. Um, and so, um, but the faith was complete, finished, delivered from God through the prophets and apostles. Um, that was it. No further revelation. No one is ever going to come up with something that God has not already given us. No one's going to come up with some new revelation that doesn't uh, concur with all the scriptures and what the church has taught from the beginning. And so when you have people saying, God spoke to me and told me this, he may well have done that. But if it's anything new, it's not from God. It could be a further understanding, such as in the early church, um, the Council of Ephesus, to... um, to put an end to heresy on the nature of God and that Christ was God and in order to affirm that he was God himself, fully 100% God and 100% man, they named Mary Theotokos, which means God-bearer. They settled his divine nature by, um, by settling the fact that Mary was the mother of God and if she's the mother of God, then Jesus is God, which he is. God, 100% man. And further, the Trinity, the triune nature of God, that God is one, he has always been one, but was revealed as the Father through the whole Old Testament and the Son at the Incarnation and the, um, the Spirit at Pentecost. Is that anything new? No. Always God existed. One God in three persons. Always. But he needed to get the Israelites away from the pagan rulers and repeat to them many, many, many times, I am the Lord their God. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no gods before me, no other gods. I am the Lord your God. I alone am God. There are no other gods. I alone am God. You shall worship me alone. That's it. Now that we know God is a trinity, tri-unity, three in one, he's still one God. And now we know him more fully and more deeply um, and, um, and just can love him more deeply. The more we know him, the more we know who God is, what he's done for us, uh, the more we love him. People use the term fall in love with God. I've never used that term, but I'm hearing a lot of people use it now uh, because we do grow more deeply in love with God. The next point, which our, our, um, well, our um, break is not going to let us to go into, but at least I'll read it to you. Even since the death of our Lord and his apostles, God has often revealed himself to men. Yet these subsequent revelations are no continuation of the earlier revelation on which our faith rests. That's another way of saying what I was just um, hoping to explain. So there's our break, dear ones. We will come back from the break and take your calls, your questions, your emails, um, and um, the toll-free number to call in, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross with anything at all on your heart. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-676. One nine one zero. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. I have two announcements right at the beginning. I'm always reminded to tell you of Life Funder, <clears throat> that LifeSite News has set up a, a fund drive for us for our new home. And the goal is 200000 We have three days left. They keep renewing it. They're such wonderful, charitable people. And right now, I just took a look um, and I haven't looked for a couple of days, but uh, we are at 55% uh, of the 200. And I just looked down and see that quite a few people have, have added to it in the last two days. I'm so thrilled for you, and I bless God for you, and we take each of you into our prayer every single day and into our rosary. Um, so we're at 110 thousand five hundred and twenty six dollars we need 200 and um the fund driver closes in three days and our house closes in eight days so we need to pay the full amount in eight days and um and again the, the fund driver closes in three days so we need oh um, 90 thousand 80 85 8500 we need 
in three days. But, you know, if you can always go to our website directly and donate online or mail it. Our, our temporary address in Tulsa, which is going to be through the summer at least, um, is on our website. And you can always go there and donate directly, www.motherofisraelshope.org. The second thing I want to tell you is because we have... Um, We'll be moving into our new house, we pray, at the end of August. Uh, It should be ready then. And uh, we can take quite a number of sisters, and so that's why we got it. And so we have seven openings for young women ages 18 to 28. And we have four openings for women 28 to 40. We have, I want to tell you, I have over 100 inquiries of women that want to enter, and the majority of women are over 50, which is fabulous. It's never too late to love God. I think I told you we just had two women, 81 years old, visit us one at a time. Beautiful, beautiful women. Um, But we want to make sure we have a balance of ages so we have all... um, uh, all generations here, just as you would if you came into a, a long-established order. You'd have people that have been there for 50 years and people that are brand new. We want that in the ages as well. So one last time, we have um, seven openings for young ladies from 18 to 28 and four openings for women 28 to 40 or 29 to 40. And so... Um, just go on our website, uh, go to, uh, you can go to vocation, you can go to our charism and read everything there, our entire charism is online, and you can go to the contact button and just simply email us at vocationinquiry dot, not dot, vocationinquiry at motherofisraelshope.org. Just go to our website, you'll find it, and then send us an email with just a paragraph about you. Just let me know if you're working or you're in school or where you're at at the moment and um, your address and your phone number um, and your age and send a blood sample. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But your, your, your age, your current circumstances, a little bit about you and then your, your telephone number and your address in that email and I will get back to you quickly. So we're going to go now to our calls and emails. And again, the toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, "Um, My wife has said she will take our children and move in with her parents if I do not take a COVID vaccine. Oh, my goodness. I've heard of all kinds of threats come down. People cannot attend university, can't go back to work, can't go back to school. But she will move in with her parents if you do not take a COVID vaccine, which means, I'm guessing that she's already taken it and given it to the children. Uh, She is concerned with the MIS and then space C. I'm not, I don't know what that is. Inflammatory inflammatory condition that some children have got from COVID, supposedly, 
along with being concerned that other long-term effects from COVID on our children. Well, more people have gotten um, uh, awful results from the COVID, including the death of their lives and permanent disabilities from the from the uh, from the vaccine, and she says, um, or he says rather, uh, she, my wife says, I'm not protecting our children by not taking the vaccine. I'm feeling guilt that I'm worrying about the long term effects of the vaccine on me rather than my children. Some of the church have advised me. It would be more heroic to take the vaccine and that it be a more grave thing to let my marriage fall apart. Any advice would be welcomed. God bless. Wow, that is an amazing thing. James at the Station of the Cross just sent me information on the MISC and it is from the CDC website and it's multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children is a condition i'm going to read the definition is a condition where different body parts can become inflamed including the heart lungs kidney brain skin eyes or gastrointestinal organs we do not yet know what causes um mis C. However, we know that many children with MISC had the virus that causes COVID-19 or had been around someone with COVID-19. MISC can be serious, even deadly. Multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children can be serious, um, even deadly. But most children who were diagnosed with this condition have gotten better with medical care. You know, um, that is a very, very difficult question. I know what my heart says, but I think most bishops and priests and religious and others would disagree with me. Because we don't do evil that good may come. We don't do evil to prevent sickness. A child, we are afraid of COVID because it may cause serious inflammatory syndrome. But the fact is a child has needed to be murdered in in order that I may not have the chance of getting the inflammatory disease. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. God said, thou shalt not kill. And the COVID vaccines, if they're not manufactured with aborted fetal cells, are tested with them. I think as of late, and I need to get that information, I promise you I will look it up during the break. There might be um, one or two companies now that are not using aborted fetal cells, even in the testing And if that's the case, you may get them. You may get them. Um, Yes, but where aborted fetal cells are used in the manufacture or testing of it, I say, as God says, we cannot do evil that good may come. It's an evil. It's not charity. 
to to kill a child that I may live. There's no charity in that. God would not ha- have us kill children in order to keep marriages together. I, I say absolutely not. But I would say do serious research because I think uh, there are a company is a company or two now that is no longer using the cells in the manufacture or even in the testing. If that's the case, then go ahead and take those vaccines. I'll try to look it up during the break. If anyone has any information on that, I'll ask you to call in. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. We have an email from Catalin or Caitlin. Dear Mother, what does the Bible say about suicide? Caitlin, dear, um, it says thou shalt not kill. Anybody, babies in their mother's wombs or ourselves. It's grave, 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 grave sin. It's murder. Thou shalt not kill. It is murder. Now, I, I could not understand someone committing suicide who is in their right mind. For a sin, it's grave. It's very grave. Nothing lessens that. But for a sin to be mortal, it needs to be grave. The person needs to know that it's grave to separate them from God. But they need to do it of their own free will. They cannot be coerced into it or they can't do it out of fear. A gun can't be held to them. And if someone commits suicide, um, whether they're in their right mind or not, I cannot tell that. Only God can tell. So the it is murder. God says thou shalt not kill. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances should anyone commit suicide or um, help anyone else to die, such as in euthanasia. This is evil, and it's uh, gravely immoral. Um, so if, if someone does that and they are real, they're on drugs... Uh, which is also gravely a a serious uh, sin. But if they are severely depressed or frightened, I don't know what. If if they're really not in their right mind, God alone is the one to judge that. God alone. But the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. And that includes suicide. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, I need help with a situation. My administrator used to have used to have me type documents that would be filed with ethics committees against his boss as well as put together jokes and unkind flyers to be circulated at board meetings. He retired in December and just last night he called asking me to do more typing for him that ultimately is to try and bring down his former boss. How do I handle it? I simply say, I'm sorry, I can no longer do that. And he's no longer there. He retired. Now, if his retirement is going to fire you because you don't work for him who's retired, I don't understand that situation. But you just simply say to him, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so. It's really very difficult for me to do this. Um, I'm... I'm Catholic, uh, to engage in what to me is immoral and the destruction of others is something I cannot partake in. Please excuse me, perhaps you can get someone else to do it. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. 
And if he says, no, I'm retired, but I'm still CEO or CFO or uh, on the board and I'll have you fired, I would, I would take it. I'd say I, I can't control that, but I only can control decisions I make and I will not continue to type these things. Okay, there's the music for our break, beloved. And again, if you know of what companies have ceased to use aborted fetal cells in the manufacture of their um, vaccine or its testing, uh, please send an email or a text or call in, and I will try to look that up right now. God bless you. We'll see you right after the break. For several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests you can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m eastern on the station of the cross you can listen on the station of the cross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic radio mobile app god bless you Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together, and um, I invite you to call in or email or text with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at I said I was going to look up at the Bray companies that do not or no longer use aborted baby cells to make the COVID vaccine. And this um, headline from catholiccitizens.org, it's Catholic Citizens of Illinois, uh, the headline says, For Pro-Life Four pro-life, F-O-U-R, medical groups say that Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines are not made with aborted baby cells. Um, Okay, they provided clarifying details about whether the development of two new coronavirus vaccines involve cells from aborted babies. Um... Though it is true that the animal phase testing for these vaccines used aborted fetal cells, commendably it does not appear that production methods utilized such cells, the pro-life groups said. So the animal phase test, that's what I say, either in the production or the testing of it. Um, I, I just, this is just evil. I don't... I don't know. I have to look it up to see if, um, um, let me see the Johnson and Johnson. I'm just looking. No fetal tissue. Oh, it says fetal tissue was not used to create the Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Again, let me just, uh, if the word, if testing, um, Hmm. I'd have to read the whole article so you could take a look at Johnson and Johnson. I know that whole states have abandoned the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Uh, there's been so some concern about the use of abortion derived fetal cell lines in the development and manufacture of COVID vaccine. Um, However, the Roman Catholic Church has issued a statement saying that it is morally acceptable to receive the vaccine. Um, uh, I'm 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 going to contradict that because it's not the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, it uh, it is there are people within the Roman Catholic Church of all um, heights, I should say, priests, bishops, uh, and individuals, all of that, who have said it's acceptable, and they've gone beyond that to say it's an act of charity. It's never an act of charity to have life from somebody's death, purposeful death, purposeful murder in the mother's womb that I may live. Um, Experts say no fetal tissue is involved. The cells are grown in laboratories. Um, So it goes on to say, but this is not a a favorable website. So I have to continue checking it. And some of you out there, if you can help us, uh, call in um, um, and and see if you can help us with that. Uh, we do have a call from Margaret in Minnesota. Hello, Margaret. Yes, good morning. Good morning, dear. Good morning. What would, what would be your response to someone who 
believes the mass is satanic and believes that it's practicing cannibalism. And they're saying this because when the priest uses the words, eat my body and drink my blood, she says this is practices of satanic masses. Well, whoever says that has never read John chapter 6. Because our Lord said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Mm-hmm. So is this, is this person a Satanist? Does he claim to be a Christian? Who is he or her, she? What, what is the religion? She is Catholic. She stopped going to the church because she thinks there's a lot of corruption going on in the church. And she goes, she believes in Jesus and she considers herself a very spiritual person. She prays every day, believes in God, Jesus. Oh, well, she's not Catholic. That is the point, Margaret. She is not Catholic. She's become, uh, at best, Protestant. But she's not Catholic. And simply take her to John chapter 6 and tell her that evangelical Protestants and others claim they take the Bible literally. <clears throat> On the contrary, <clears throat> the Catholic Church takes the body, liter- takes the scripture literally. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Um, Protestantism teaches that that is not literal. It's symbolic. Well, if it's, why would anyone teach what is symbolic of cannibalism? It makes no sense whatsoever. Are you Catholic, Margaret? Yes. Oh, good. Blessed be God. Get a Bible and uh, give your friend John chapter 6. But she is aware of a lot of things. I guess a lot of. But she's are. all the priest is saying is what Jesus said. He said, "Do this in remembrance of me," and the Catholic Church is doing that in remembrance of him with his exact words. Okay, I think part of it she's coming from because then she brought up about you hear about all these um, missing children and stuff. And no, tell me again. Going, tell me start that sentence again. Okay, I didn't you know, hear you clearly. When, with the missing children and stuff, she believes that, like the... What missing children? That, uh, um, missing children that get abducted and everything, like, you know, stuff like that. Well, and they're so, not missing, they're, ab- well, yeah, but they're abducted. Right, so what does she yeah. think about that? Okay, that maybe, like, the Vatican is part of all this, and they're taking these children, hiding them, and have you ever heard of the word adrenochrome? I think I have, uh-huh. She, asked, she told me to ask the priest what adrenochrome is, and she believes that they're all part of this big... Um, I'm well, you tell it. her that you tell her that if she wants to create a science fiction scene, science fiction, or uh, believe it on the part of others, uh, she's certainly not um, speaking about anything to do with God. Uh, the Vatican is not abducting children. Uh, this is insane. These are conspiracy theories. They have nothing to do with truth. And they have nothing to do with heaven or the path to heaven. Um, uh, God has given us the faith. He's given us the church. He's given us the scriptures. And there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved than what God has given Jesus Christ himself and his church. They are inseparable. Okay, so she says, why do we have to do it? Why is it done at every single Mass that they have to repeat it over and over? That That is the Mass. It's not done at every Mass. That is the Mass. The Mass tell her, 
is the re-presentation, not the re-sacrifice. She has no clue what the Mass is. She calls herself Catholic. She has no clue what the Mass is. 2,000 years ago, our Lord died on the cross and rose from the dead. It is a once-for-all sacrifice, but is it as it is an eternal sacrifice. He is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And God, who created time, takes that sacrifice once-for-all, finished, completed, all-sufficient sacrifice, and brings it through time and down to the altar of every Catholic church through the words of the priest. This is my body, this is my blood. And the priest, if our eyes could see what our faith understands, doesn't even say those words. It is Christ who says them. This is my body, this is my blood. He says them through the priest. Christ says those words. He is the high priest and he is the victim. And the scriptures say that the sacrifice of Christ will be represented throughout all the world until the end of time from the beginning of the sunrise to sunset without stop all over the world. That's the end of our program, dear one. God bless you. We'll speak to you tomorrow.